This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, before you take your seats again, let's put our hands together for the angels of this house, Dr. Tom DeShal and Pastor Barney DeShal. It's good to see Pastor Tommy today. Sister, I love him a lot. So it's good to see him. I want you to high five somebody next to you before you take your seat and tell them, neighbor, everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Amen. You can take your seats. Uh, uh, this is by far one of my favorite churches in the world. I just uh, want to read a scripture and make a, a quick, uh, just a couple of announcements before we go into the word. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready for something that will transform you? I just want to read something here because I want to make a couple of announcements about what will be happening while I'm here. Um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, Verse 11, there's a scripture that I've wrestled with for many, many, many years. And I've become, I found that it, I've, I've come to find that it's truly the difference between surviving, thriving in every season. It's in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11, the Bible says, I returned and I saw under the sun that the rest is not to the swift. Now the battle to the strong, now braid to the wise, now riches to men of understanding, now favor to men of skill, but time and chance was given to them all. Time and chance was given to them all. That word time there is the word kairos. Uh, what is it telling us is that there is a, there is a place, there's an economy where your, where your, 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 your skills, your your lack of knowledge or thereof, or your degrees don't mean anything because success is determined by whether you are able to step into God's kairos. Because in God's kairos, God does not want no flesh to glory. In God's kairos, God takes over and begins to handle your business. And so I believe that uh, this weekend is a moment of kairos for us. Oh, come on, somebody. It's a moment of kairos. Amen. And I want to charge you to be able to make sure that you, 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 take the, you take advantage of the chance God has given to you to enter this moment of Kairos. Uh, a couple of things today. Uh, I know some of you, uh, some of the people here may not customarily uh, come back for Sunday night. But tonight is different. Tell somebody next to you, tonight is different. Say you're going to make the extra effort. Tonight, I'm going to bring to you a tool of deliverance that is probably out up a second to jump the line. I mean, jump the bloodline that I brought to you a couple years back. This is a tool of deliverance that, that is going to be so critical, particularly in the difficult times the nation is going through, that you are going through. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about, I speak to the earth, release prosperity. And I'm going to be talking to you how to shift the earth beneath your feet. This is, this is something that is so powerful. This is the revelation 
that almost cost me my life to get it. So the least you can do is show up tonight. Amen. And so it's going to be an amazing night tonight. So to, we, we want to shift something. So please be here tonight at the 5.30 service. Um, also, I'm going to be in the Bible College Monday night and Tuesday night. Uh, Monday night, I'm going to be talking about taking your iniquities to court. It's very, very interesting teaching, and we're going to be studying the book of um, Zechariah chapter 3, where Joshua finds himself in the courts of heaven to deal with the issue of iniquity. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a teaching you don't want to miss. Then Tuesday, we are going to go into the jumping of the bloodline. Amen? So I hope you can come to the Celebration Bible College Monday and Tuesday. We're going to have a fantastic time. Uh, because I'm here... And because it's one of my favorite churches, I want to just start by giving something. So I ordered, so I instructed worldwide uh, uh, guys out there to, that the, the book today, the order of Melchizedek, if they can take off $5 today, just for today and today and this evening. Because I want to I wanna start out the service by sowing a seed into your life. Amen? So they're going to do that today. So if you want to get the, the book, the order of Melchizedek, because if there's ever been a time to know the order of Melchizedek and live inside of it, it is now. Amen? So I will be at the, out the, I'll be at the back of the church signing books today. Uh, my book on breaking generational curses is also here. This is a book that I, I took on my friend show, Seed Roth, on its supernatural. It's really a very powerful book. But the book I really, really want to emphasize for the week. Amen. Uh, you've got to get this book. This is a book called Joseph of Arimathea. This is my latest book. It's called Joseph of Arimathea. This is a life-changing book about the kind of business people God wants us to become. Uh, as a matter of fact, it goes even beyond the business. If God gives you wealth in your hands, how, what is the purpose of it? It gives you the, God's highest purpose for wealth. The Lord really blew my mind because he spoke to me when I was in, Cap I was in South Africa. He, spoke, he said to me, there's a Joseph you guys don't talk about in the marketplace movement, and I want you to begin to talk about him because otherwise you're not going to produce the kind of business people that I'm looking for. And I said, God, what, what Joseph is that? And the Lord said to me, Francis, nobody's talking about Joseph of Arimathea. And I which blew my mind because I knew about him, but I saw him as a guy who, hey, he buried Jesus. If you've ever been to a funeral, there are many people that bury people. So it never registered, and God said to me, no, he carries the mantle for the kind of wealthy people I'm looking for in the last days. He said to me, Francis, have you thought about this? He said that at 11, 12 apostles, one went, one went rogue, so I was left with 11 apostles. And yes, he said, when my body was lying on the cross, dead, completely venerable to any kind of attack, because a dead man has no voice, a dead man has no hands. God said to me, I used a businessman who became my voice and my hands when I was dead. He says, I'm looking for business people who use their wealth not, not to manipulate the church, but to rescue the body when she's most venerable. He says, I need Joseph of Arimathea who can take care of the body of Christ. So this book is got a life-changing book. I'll be signing it over there. I hope you can get a copy. Amen? Now I want you to turn in your Bibles. We're going to go. I'm going to talk to you about... Well, transfer in difficult times. I, I want to stay in the frequency of the prophet of the house, Dr. Tom Duchel, who has been prophesying that you are in a season of plunder. Oh, come on, somebody. You are in a season of what? Plunder. I want you to say it differently because I'm telling you, I, I want to give you a prophetic perspective of what's going on in your nation so you can navigate it from uh, 
a heavenly perspective because if you do not do that, then you're going to become a casualty of the environment. Are you catching what I'm saying? You're going to become what? A casualty of the environment because you don't understand that miracles are usually packaged in difficulty. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen? Most miracles, have, the reason they are called miracles is because they, they, they are preceded by difficulty. You wouldn't have miracles if they're not preceded by difficulty. And so that's why I wanted you to understand what's happening. What's happening. So what I want to do is I want to take you through a couple of scriptures today because I think God is going to really help us. I want you today to go in the book of 2 Kings very quickly. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 24 to 32. Wealth transfer in difficult times. It almost sounds like it's a misnomer. How can there be wealth transfer in difficult times? But that's why he's God and you are not. Come on, somebody. Amen. Aren't you glad he's God and you're not? Because God loves to move in difficulty. See, if it's too easy, God will wait. Come on, somebody. Because if, you're, if you can do it, or, you're, or the Sangoma can do it, God will wait. It's why he waited when Lazarus was sick, because he wanted the guy to die. Make it a little bit worse. When I show up, when it happens, you'll know God is in the house. Amen? I want you to turn to, are you there, Second Kings chapter, chapter 6 and verse 24? Uh, I want to read this very quickly from verse 24. It happened after that, that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and beside Syria, Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cup of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him saying, Help me, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? If the Lord does not help you, where can I find what? Help for you. Can I submit to you that in terms of difficulty, the only one who can help you is the Lord. Amen? That's, very, you know, that, that's the most profound thing this guy would have said, even though he was depressed. But sometimes in their depression, some people can level it. He said, if, if the Lord does not help you, how, where, can I, can, how, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? Then the king said to her, what is troubling you? And she answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today. Those, those are difficult times. You know, because when, when a mother begins to look at a child like a burger, that's a difficult time. Where do you, go, where do you cross the line of the paternal? You know, women have a strong paternal instinct. I've heard of African mothers who fought lions to protect their babies. Now, when you begin to eat your child, that is, that's another devil. This is a difficult time. The point I'm trying to tell you is this were difficult times that were more difficult than what Zimbabwe will ever experience. And yet our God moved in miraculously in it all. Are you catching what I'm saying? It's very important to understand this. Okay? So he said, so he said, so that, so that we continue. And he said, and we'll eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, <laughs> This were, they must have been very angry. I mean, just one son for one day. <laughs> this, this was some serious stuff. 
I just saw that. Give your son that we may eat him. <laughs> but she has hidden her son. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall, the people looked and there, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. Then he said, God do so to me. Look at his response. God do more so to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today, that's a very important statement. You understand it later. But Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him, and the king sent a man or an assassin ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, do you, do you see how the sons of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door, it's not the sound of the, this is master's feet behind him. Let's quickly look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 to 3, 1 to 2. And then we're going to go into our, our subject a little bit further. 2 Kings, it continues. 2 Kings 7, verse, only verse 1 and 2. Then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. That says the Lord, tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow about this time, a sea of fine flour, not just the waste kind. The, the best of flour shall be sought for a shekel. And two seers of belly for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand, and, and, and tradition says he was the prime minister of finance. And I understand why he struggled with this. So an officer whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this, could this thing be? In other words, it would take a lot of input in the economy to turn this thing around. But you don't know God. And he said, I in fact, and the prophet said, in fact, you see it with your very eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And we know the story how it ends that, uh, that when the supernatural world transfer happened, this man saw it, but he got eaten up by the stampede. Can you imagine seeing a breakthrough coming and then people walk over you and you are dead? That must be, very, that must be a very depressing way to enter, to enter the, other, the other world. The last thing you remember is people walking on your face. Um, can there be world transfer in difficult times? This is the issue. This is something that you must answer as a nation, as a people of God. Can there be world transfer in difficult times? Could that be that the difficult times are not, are not just upon us because of the neglect of men? Because no matter what happens in difficult times, the finger pointing is everywhere. But the finger pointing cannot bring us into a place of inheritance until we find what our father is doing in the difficult times. Are you catching what I'm saying? Because you must understand something, that God is a father. He does not abdicate his fathering in difficult times. Oh, come on, somebody. He's not looking to politicians to find a way out for his children in this hour. It's an insult if you think that way. You think so little of God as a father that you think that because the nation is converging in difficult times, God himself is having a difficult time. I hope somebody understands what I'm talking about today. I hope you get where I'm trying to go today because I want to help you. Amen? That's why I began by telling you to tell your neighbor, it's going to be okay. 
As a matter of fact, you are coming out of this better than you went into this thing. Somebody give God a shout if you believe what I'm talking about. So can there be wealth transfer in difficult times? You don't even put those two together. But only God does that. Wealth transfer in difficult times. See, God is a God of principles and patterns. Say with me, God is a God of what? Principles and what? Patterns. Mm. And if you understand this, this is why when I began to find this years back, I began to find this, I've married my whole life to principles and patterns. You know, everything in between is gravy, but principles and patterns. Because if you marry your life around that, you are always going to be okay in every season. Amen? So let me just define a principle for you very quickly. A principle is a law or a fact of nature that explains how something works or why something happens. And by the way, because a principle is a law, it doesn't change. It doesn't what? It doesn't change. In difficult times, in terms of peace, principles will remain the same. That's why you can navigate your life around principles. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you, uh, before I end my message, I'm going to end with giving you principles that are going to allow you to increase your stake of the wealth transfer in these difficult times. Because believe you me, right now, as your nation is converging in difficult times, God and his angels are busy transferring wealth. And I'm going to prove it to you. Are you catch what I'm saying? Amen? And now, now let's, let's define a pattern. Since God does work with the principles and with patterns. Now, this is interesting for me, this defining of a pattern. Check this out. A pattern is a consistent, it was a consistent. That means you can depend on a pattern, is that right? You know, if there's a pattern, because it's consistent. That's why when you're appointing leaders, you look for patterns of behavior. Why? Because patterns tend to be consistent. Amen? What they, you know, what they, what they do consistently before they become leaders, they will do consistently when they are leaders. So patterns are really good for deciding whether you're going to invest in something or walk away. Patterns. So a pattern, amen, is a consistent and recurring characteristic or trait that helps in the identification of a phenomenon. Say it with me. We are in the middle. Come on now. Say we are in the middle of a phenomenon. And the phenomenon is not what's being reported by the Zimbabwe news. The phenomenon is a historical phenomenon that transcends your times, transcends the very, transcends uh, the politics of your nation, the economy. It transcends time and space. The phenomenon is God is transferring wealth again in difficult times. It is, watch this now. Are you with me so far? It says, it helps in the identification of a phenomenon or problem and serves as an indicator, as what? An indicator or model for predicting its future what? Behavior. Now, I mean, if you're driving and you're following somebody at night, you're following somebody, you don't know where they live, and you're following somebody, and then they indicate that, uh, they indicate that they put on the indicator in front of you, and you see the indicator is pointing to the, le- to the right. What are you going to do without them calling you on a cell phone? 
you are going to begin to prepare to what? Make right because there's an indicator telling you the journey goes this way. Well, patterns are like that. They are indicators of indicators that allow you to be able to maneuver. Because you see, if you don't have a pattern to navigate difficult times, then you're going to navigate difficult times the way humans do through the ethics of survival. Oh, come on now. And some of you are already swimming in the swamp called survival. The problem with survival, when you enter the ethics of survival, come on somebody, amen, that you also, the trials and the errors of living that lifestyle come upon you too. You know when they say trial and error? By trial and error? It means what they don't tell you, when they say trial and error, they are saying you that they, they are, you are going to experience the trials of your error. <laughs> that's why I don't, come on somebody, that's why I don't like trial and error. Are you catch what I'm saying? I used to think it's, it's, a, it's just another way to figure it out. No, they were telling you, if you make an error, you're going to have to leave the trial of your the error. That's why, I, that's why it's better to find a pattern. I say, God, where are you in difficult times? <laughs> it's not like God lives in Zimbabwe. It's not like God lives his people. God enjoys difficult times. Why? Because he can do things in difficult times that make him look big. Oh, come on. Somebody give God a shout. He can do things in, in difficult th- He can do things in difficult times. Then when people talk about God, he, I mean, he's in a different class by himself. But here's the thing. So is there a pattern? I, I don't, I, I, is there a pattern for wealth transfer in difficult times? And what I, what I can tell you is this. Because again, a pattern is what? It allows us to predict f- the future behavior of something. And I want to tell you just a couple of things very quickly because I want to spend more time on the principles of how you can increase your stake. Because whether you, 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 you understand it or not, like, the man, like your man God has told you, we are in a season of plunder. Come on, somebody. You are in a season of plunder. God is making reconfigurations. By the time, by the time, amen, by the time this is over, you'll be surprised how, you say, I can't, I can't believe that it's, that the difficult times are over and I own the town. Because while things were going on, God was busy with his angel doing what he's done before because if you've seen the pattern, now I mean, in, in, I, we just came out of Israel early this year. We're doing, a, we're doing the Autumn Akizek Israel tour in, in 2018, October. So we went to prepare for that tour this year. And, but I can tell you, so we met with several rabbis and I can tell you this, in Semitic tradition, uh, uh, the truth is established on the basis of two witnesses. If you get three, that's even better. That's a strong testimony. But if you find a pattern appears in Scripture more than two or three or four times, it means the pattern is an immutable pattern. Oh, come on, somebody. It's an what? An immutable pattern. It cannot be compromised in any age. It's been set by God. So let me give you just a couple of things very quickly. Is this, that every, let me give you this pattern. Every wealth transfer in the Bible happened in difficult times. Every wealth transfer in the Bible happened in what? Difficult times. And these difficult times were either times of economic uncertainty, famine, or war. All of this happened when there was either a war was going on, 
There was a famine going on. There was economic uncertainty. And that's when God executed the world transfer. Now, if it happens one time, maybe God gives somebody a, a miracle, a special miracle. You catch what I'm saying? You see, a special miracle is special because not everybody gets it. Hello? I know English. Special miracle means nobody ever gets it. God performed special miracles through the hands of Paul means that not everybody got that type of miracle. But, but, but what I'm talking to you about to you is not a special miracle, it's a pattern. Patterns are mass duplicatable. They are scalable. They are transgeographical. They work everywhere. Are you catching what I'm saying? They work what? Everywhere. Now, God, when God established, so what we find, so I began to look at this thing. And let me just tell you this. I, I, I want to just give you two aspects, two, two things about, I'm not going to go into all of the things I did with the business people yesterday. You can get that CD and get blessed. But today I'm, 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 I'm navigating differently. Every service for me is different. I, I follow the Holy Ghost. Amen? Is that okay? But I want to say one, one more thing about patterns. When I was looking at uh, world transfer in, in difficult times as a biblical pattern. So the, 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 the second thing I found, because I found seven things, that every biblical tr wealth transfer has been governed by the seven rules in every one of them, without exception. But I won't go through seven. I did go through them yesterday, get the CD. I just wrote some more CDs for you people, okay? But I, I do want to say the second one, which is this. In every biblical wealth transfer, there was always a prophetic voice. There was a prophetic voice. There was always a consecrated prophetic voice. There was what? A consecrated prophetic voice who inspires obedience to God and reinforces kingdom lifestyle in the midst of the difficult times. Now, why is this important? Because, listen to me, Zimbabwe, you're going through a difficult time, but you have a prophet in your own house called Tom Dushiel. God has already told him how this ends. Oh, come on, somebody. Now, this is important because in every world transfer, I also found that, that in every world transfer, biblical world transfer, there was always a spirit that wanted to kill the prophetic voice. Are you, are you with me? In these difficult times, you're going to be tempted to disconnect from your prophetic head. Are you catching what I'm saying? In almost everyone, in Elisha's, that's why I began with Elisha's story, because Elisha the, 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 the world transfer that took place in, the, in chapter 2 Samuel and 2 Kings 7, there was a major world transfer. The economy changed. I mean, you have to have a major infusion of capital in an economy that was so bad, people were happy to buy. I mean, listen to me. These are Jewish people. They are very proud people to be buying the droplings of a dove, and you think that is, uh, that's Nando's. That's really something. They were, not, they were not lining up for, for Kentucky Fried Chicken or Nando's. They were lining up for droppings of a... And, and that, was the, that's what, that was the price meal. That's how bad the economy... This, my point is, the world transfer again does not violate pre-world transfers. To this point, it happens in the middle of crazy difficult times. I want you to understand this. Because this is not a, patterns are not special miracles. They are templates you can trust to predict future behavior. And then reconfigure your positioning in the difficult times based upon the pattern because you, end, you know how this ends. You know how this ends. 
Are you catch what I'm saying? Amen? Because you see, otherwise, you're going to be making decisions that are, don't make sense. You're going to make, you, if you don't understand these patterns I'm trying to give to you, you're going to make permanent decisions over temporary turbulence. And, and, and you know what's even worse about you jumping, jumping ship because of the temporary turbulence because you misinterpreted what it meant? Is that the time the, the plane was having turbulence, God was the one doing it. And then you jump out. God, why are you jumping? It's for you. I thought I was going to die. Well, now you're dying because you're out. I was shaking the plane because there was some stuff attached to it that I wanted to shake off. I was not trying to shake you, but then you get shaken with the demons. So you and the demons are flying out of the ship. I'm like, it's not, not one of my babies. Why is he doing there? I was supposed to shake that demon. I see the demon going down, but what is he doing over there? No, he was afraid. He thought the ship is collapsing, so he jumped in the water. Now he does with the devils in the water. Because he misinterpreted the turbulence. Because he thought the turbulence meant the devil was, make, was gaining strength. No, the devil, the turbulence was God shaking the sheep. Listen. So in the world transfer, in Elisha's day, it was so bad, okay? So when the king hears how bad it was, guess his reaction. His, what is His number one reaction, look, these women are eating their children. It's bad. Okay, I, I agree, it's bad. This is not a good, this is not something you post on Facebook. It's bad. As a matter of fact, don't do it. Otherwise, even in Zimbabwe, the police will come after you. Don't do it. Don't tell everybody. Don't go on WhatsApp and say, I ate my child. Okay, this is bad. We get, we, we get that. It's bad. But why, if he, this guy is a king. You know kings, even in African chiefs, even if there's no food in the village, the chief has got something. You may, have a two you may have two chickens or two. You know what I'm talking about. He's a chief, even in Africa. So you know this king did not have empty, uh, empty shelves. Why didn't he? He could have easily said, you know what? I've got a piece of bread. Let me give it to you. Instead of eating your child, I've got a piece of chicken. But notice that his number one reaction goes after the prophetic voice governing the people through the world transfer. He said, God do to me if I will not cut off the head. And you know what the head he wanted to cut off was the one that contained the answer. Are you catching what I'm saying? I, 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 are you catching what I'm saying? What I'm doing today is nothing special. I just came here to confirm what your prophet has already told you. That this is the year of plunder. I came through the door and I saw the sword of the crowned king. Come on somebody. You are being crowned right now. Amen. So now watch this now. So, uh, uh, but, so now let me give you just, a, a, just so I, I told you in Semitic tradition, if a, a pattern um, uh, perpetuates more than uh, uh, two times, a, a judicial testimony in the Talmud is established. A judicial testimony. When it, so in the, in the Talmud, it's, all, it's in the Mosaic law, it was a covenant of law. So the testimony is not a religious, when they talk about witnesses, it's not a witness in the sense of a church witness. It's a witness in a legal terminology. On the basis of two or three witnesses, let a judicial testimony that can stand in a court of law stand. So we find now, so we, let's look at if the pattern 
happens more than two or three times where God transfers wealth in difficult times. If the pattern, then in the, if, if the pattern holds, then we are in an amazing time. Are you catch what I'm saying? It, it's uncomfortable, I get it. But when it's over, you'll be shouting and screaming and shouting and saying, thank God, look at God. Look at what the Lord has done, amen? So I, I want to give you very quickly, I'm not going to even, I will just, uh, 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 there was a wealth transfer in Abraham's day, Genesis 14, we'll talk about it before I close. Uh, it, it happened in a time of war. When Melchizedek came to Abraham, it was a time of war. There was regional conflict, almost a kind of conflict we saw in Syria that caused migrations across multiple borders. That's a difficult time. And yet that is a time when Melchizedek brings, brings Abraham into a place of tremendous financial prominence. You know, and then we find in Isaac's day, in Isaac's day, Genesis 26, I'm not going to go into it, go do it later. You find Isaac, there's fame money in the land. Isaac, being a businessman, one to, you know, he wants to, he decides, I, I, maybe I need to do this. And God says, no, you, you cannot do that. You, you need to stay poor, stay in the land, stay in Zimbabwe. Why? Because the turbulence is temporarily. I'm about to make you more powerful in Zimbabwe than you were before the difficult times began. Don't leave for South Africa. Stay in Zimbabwe. Let me tell you something, by the way. This is very important. Are you catching what I'm saying? Amen. The temp when you are going through difficult times, the temptations to leave your country is very prominent because, you, because when you are in survival mode, you want to live to, where, to what you think is a promised land. Now let me tell you something about journeying in the spirit. I thought of business people today. I said, you see, here's how journeys work in the spirit. Whosoever fathers your journey will become your father when you arrive on the other side. Okay. I'm going to say it slowly because I wanted to get it. This is how prophetic journeys work. This is how journeys work in the spirit. Okay? Every journey in the spirit has a trademark on it. Mm. The trademark marks a journey. Mark, the trademark is to, is to identify the owner of the journey. So if God begins your journey, he trademarks the journey. That's why no matter what happens in between, you cannot die. You get to success. God, God has trademarked the journey. But if the devil makes you move, he trademarks the journey. Hello, Abraham, if you leave Canaan because you are afraid when you get to Egypt, the devil is still the one controlling because he's the father of the journey. Are you catch what I'm saying? I know Zambians who are great men of God. They were apostles. They walk in the room and their shadows were so powerful. You fall down and demons are coming out of you. You go to America today, they, are, they work at 7-Eleven pumping gas in my car. I said, man of God, what happened? A prophet, what happened? Ever since they went to America, life has been hell. Why? Because God never fathered your journey. This is why, so Isaac wants to move. God says, no, 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 I'm not fathering this journey. There's another spirit fathering the journey using your, the, using your own. There's another spirit that is trying to awaken your sense of survival. To make you create a journey. Are you catching what I'm saying? But I'm not doing it. Come on, somebody. Ooh. Sometimes they said, neighbor, stay put. The turbulence is for a short season. God is correcting the ship. 
Look at this now. There was wealth transfer in Joseph's day. We read now there was wealth transfer in Joseph's day that caused the Jewish people to move from Canaan to end up with the prime real estate of Egypt, the super nation of its era. It was the America of the times. It was a superpower of the ancient world. There was, no, there was no nation that had more glory than Egypt. And so can you imagine owning prime real estate in the, in the most powerful nation on the planet of the time? What happened? It was the difficult time that moved, caused the brothers to migrate to begin to look and then reconnect, in the, in the, reconnect with their brother Joseph. It was the difficult times that allowed Joseph to come into prominence. Again, the pattern holds that God loves to transfer wealth in difficult times. He loves to transfer. He loves to change the people at the stake of his people in the culture. As a matter of fact, some of you in times of peace, God got tired of waiting for you to become business owners because you had a very comfortable job when you're meant to become a kingdom wealth master. So God says, you know what, let's bring some physical time, allow your boss to fire you, then you're gonna do what I call you to do and will give you more money, because oh, come on somebody, it was the difficult times that shifted you. Let's be honest. Well, God knows what he's doing. Do you think those 10 Hebrew boys, those 10 Joseph's 10 brothers would have left the comfort zone? Listen to me. Every time they, they woke up, they were having a spiritual encounter. Why? Because they were in the promised land. This is the land that God promised to Abraham. But how did God move them from there? Because of the, the famine that hit the whole nations. And the only place you can go for rescue is... And that's why the brother was waiting, waiting to what? To be reconnected to his family. But my point is this. The world transfer again happens in difficult times. There's another world transfer in Moses' day. Moses' day, the, the children of Israel are slaves. Now you talk about difficult times. They were being beat up. I mean, it was horrible. Children were being killed without, without any due process. No legal precedent. No legal re representation. The Department of Justice in Egypt was de facto for Jewish people. Talk about difficult times. It was in that time God called Moses and he said, go back. Why? I'm about to bring them out. They are in terrible, difficult times. But when they come out, I will give these people favor. That they will not leave Egypt empty-handed. And before they left, God plundered every treasury of Egypt. Again, the pattern holds. We're not dealing with a special miracle. You ought to shout, we're dealing with a pattern. We're dealing with a pattern. It means it's going to hold in Zimbabwe. I said it's going to hold in Zimbabwe. Because the pattern, you are, the pattern that has come into your nation has been set by God long before you became independent. Let me tell you something about God. You know why God never, never worries or, you know, or, are you what I'm saying? You, you, you think you, you know, say this one. See, here's, here's this, one, this, this, this one day changed me very much. This thing changed me when I, I discovered this. That my future is God's history. I'll, get, I'll say it again because you need to get this thing. Your future is God's history. 
So you are going through a difficult time in, your, in, your, in, your, in the moment called now, and you think you are finished, but God has experienced your future, and it's his history. And he says, no. My book doesn't say you, 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 you are destroyed in 2017. My book says you own the country. Come on, somebody, because your, history is our, your, your future is our history. Come on, somebody. Your future is our history. Amen? There was a time in Zambia, just across the Zambezi, when we thought Zambia would never... You remember the, 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 the Zimbabwe-Zambian jokes about the culture? Oh. Now it's my time to get you back. Okay, come on, somebody. Ah! And I got the mic. I love it. God, you're so good. You got a Zambian with the mic. Amen? Now, I'm going to be nice to you. I'm not going to remind you about the culture and what you used to say about the culture. In Zambia, it was so bad, the difficult times were so bad, if you're a policeman and you saw a man driving straight, you arrested him. Why? Because he was driving drunk. Why? Because Zambian roads were very prophetic. There were portals everywhere, so you drove, normal people drove like this. But if a man is driving straight, ah, he's drunk. But living in Zambia at the time, it was difficult times. Unbeknown to me that what I was going through, my future was already history. And some of the Zambians uh, today who, who struggle, I mean, I have friends of mine that struggle through times. Now when you meet them, their, their lives is amazing. I said, can you, can you believe that you, do you, can you ever believe that God saw this day? And you know what is interesting? Zambians who left Zambia are now returning because in America their life is miserable. See, they come into Zambia and their friends they left in Zambia in difficult times have got houses and business people. They come into Zambia they said, you know what, in America I'm telling you I'm back. You see, America is not a great country if God did not send you. Every nation. You must understand, you can... Mm. All right, can we move on? Did you catch it? Is anybody catching this? I got my time here. Okay, I got some. All right. Are you with me so far? Okay, I got 10 minutes. Let me finish this. So you see the pattern holds. The pattern what? So if the pattern holds, then we know what's going on. Somebody say, I now know what's going on. Say it with me with confidence. I now know what's going on. God is transferring wealth into my hands. Give God a shout. Let's end it now. Look, go to Luke chapter 5. Because I want to give you the principles of increasing your stakes. So now that we have established that we're in the middle of a wealth transfer. <laughs> Are you guys what I'm saying? Amen? We're in the middle of a wealth transfer. So the key now becomes how much stake, how much equity are you going to have in the wealth transfer? If God is blessing people, what are you going to do? Are you going to become the prime minister who sees the world transfer happening in difficult times and does get, doesn't get to partake in it? Or do you become the lepers and other people that became power masters in the new day? I want to have stake in this. So I want to give you something very quickly to close. Go to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 10, and I want to end with this. Luke chapter 5. Oh, Luke chapter 5. Are you there? 
Very quickly, amen, in the time we have, let's bring this home. I hope this is helping somebody. So it was, so it was, as a multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. Now this is another world transfer that in the New Testament, but it follows the same pattern as the other ones in the Old Testament. It happens in difficult times. The pattern is holding. So it was as, this is not to say God does not transfer wealth or, and bless people in peaceful times, but it is to say when you are in difficult times, you don't get, go and get a gun and shoot yourself. Why? Because in difficult times, God has been a master at causing wealth to transfer from the wicked to the righteous by the time the turbulence is over. That's my whole point. Amen. So it was as a multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. It was a launch out into the deep. We're going to use that. He said, now let down your nets for the catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. So nets became net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. You see, the problem is already there. A great number of fish and the net was breaking. So they assigned, they signaled to the other partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the bo both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw, saw it, he fell down, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and he, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, and just said to Simon, do not be afraid, from now on you catch men. Somebody say amen. Okay. Now in the business summit, I, I gave them a lot of uh, principles for this, which I'll not be able to do in the Sunday service, but again, the CDs from yesterday, I'm told, is available. Please get it, because I went through 12 principles of, of increasing your... You're increasing your stake of the wealth transfer in difficult times. And for the service, for our service, I only got to touch four that I think are relevant for, the, for now. So the other eight, you have to get the CD, and I'm telling you they're really good stuff. Amen? But what the ones I'm going to touch on are, are pretty important, pretty significant. Okay? Uh, number one, right, number one, here's the first principle for establishing, for increasing your stake, your equity stake in your, during a wealth transfer. Established a giving lifestyle in and out of season. Establish what? A giving lifestyle in and out of season because during world transfer in difficult times, God is going to look for generous people first. Why? Because the most dangerous thing God can do in a world transfer is give a world transfer to a man who become a holding cell. 
because it destroys the whole technology of the transfer. The technology of wealth transfer is that wealth cannot be used to advance the kingdom. But if wealth only happens to end up in, the, in your house and it doesn't get out of your house, we've lost the whole technology. So God, like Jesus is a king, is that right? And kings uh, don't move without intelligence. So why is he going to Peter's board? Because heaven has already given him an email with intelligence. Every government gets intelligence report in the morning. He had intelligence. Heaven knew that this Peter had an established lifestyle of giving in and out of season. So God knew this is the perfect candidate for the world transfer. Why? Because once we transfer money to this guy, it's going to become a national revival. Why? Because it's giving lifestyle who makes sure you get it and you get it and you get it. And before you a celebration, our business people are helping each other in difficult times to prosper. And the house prospers because they are not holding sales. Do you catch this? Some of you, some of you, you know, you grew up in houses, we you know. When, when there's no food in the neighborhood, your parents tell you, shh. Don't tell the lungos we have got food in the house. And if the lungos make a mistake to, to knock on the door, they, even if you are eating, all the food goes under the table and you, you act like, mm, like you are meditating on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> or some of you say, you must be a prophet. How did you know that? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So God said, no, 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 no. So he went, why did he go to, he went to Peter? Because Peter had an established, and you saw it. As soon as Peter gets a breakthrough, what does he do? He reaches out of his network and pulls other people to come into the breakthrough. Because, it, but it, see, that's why he was chosen. And some of you, you go in difficult times, you become theologians. You see, in the New Testament, we are under grace. This tithing thing, I just feel, uh, we, need to become, we need to become a theologian. Who credentialed you? You see, it's because you're trying to find a way to do with God's tithe what your father and mother used to do with the carpenter when they put it under the... It's the same spirit coming back. So, it's very important. Number two, uh, uh, number two, are you with me so far? Amen? Number two, then we're going to do our tithes and offerings. Are you ready? After that, we're going to have a fantastic time. Watch this now. Oh God, established, established a prevailing mindset that says, I will not throw in the towel until God shows up. I will not throw in the towel until what? Because you might throw away the very business God want to use for the transfer. You just close shop because you are frustrated. Frustration is not a prophetic spirit. Okay, I'll say okay. Frustration is not prophecy. So just doing something because you are frustrated, because you don't think it's working, you could sell away the very vehicle God is going to use to pump in the wealth transfer. Notice that the text begins by saying, they were bought, they were, Jesus went to a, to a fishing industry, if you've ever been to Cape Town. There is any, if you've ever been to Cape Town or in Massachusetts and you see the fishing industry, there's boats lined up. The entire fishing industry was having a difficult time. 
All the other sheep had been docked and the owners had thrown in the tower and left, but they did not know the master was on the way to transfer wealth. But somehow, Peter had a prevailing mindset because when Jesus arrived, he was inside his boat without nothing. Caught nothing, but I'm still, in, I'm still on my post. Show up in your business if there's nobody buying from you. Show up. Oh, somebody shout in this place. Come on, somebody. Amen. If God gave you a business in good times and it was doing well, now you are in difficult times and people are not buying for you, don't you close the business God started unless God says so. Show up. Look, God, come with your tie with no, come on, somebody. Prevailing mindset. And Jesus said, oh, this is the guy. And he went there. That's when the Lord knocked on, the, on, his, on his business. He was able to open. Welcome, sir. We are open for business. Even though, Thank you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. Okay, I'll give you two more things. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Is this helping anybody? Somebody shout, we're in the middle of a wealth transfer. In difficult times. So when the Roman of God gives you prophetic instructions, yeah, number three, it's, a number, it's number three principle. Establish a lifestyle of obeying prophetic instructions from the man or woman of God the Lord has assigned to you. And sometimes the prophetic instruction don't make no sense. A prophet friend of mine tells me that God uses prophecy to offend the mind in order to bless the spirit. He said, God uses prophecy to offend the mind in order to bless the spirit. So sometimes the prophetic instructions might not, look, might not make sense to you, but if God is using your man of God to, to release it, establish this lifestyle. Why? Because Peter did not have a lifestyle of obeying prophetic instruction. Even though he, was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he had his own struggles, he did it anyway. When the Lord said to him, gave him an instruction, go further. And let out your names. He said, Lord, are we, you know, I mean, he struggled, but he did it. Even, now watch this. Let's end, we're going to end with this one. With this, with, with this two last ones, and then we're going to go into our time of giving to the Lord. Are you catching what I'm saying? Let me, let, let me say this. This is very interesting to me. Listen. Jesus told him, go out further. Let down your nets. Let down what? Lay down your nets. He said, go deeper, go further. Lay down your nets. Here's the principle. God will never give you a wealth transfer at the same level of spiritual depth your problems found you at. Oh, I'll say it again. God will never give you a wealth transfer at the same level of spiritual depth your problems found you at. Because there's something else God looks for in wealth transfer to deepen his people's connection to him. So he says, Peter, the problem with your company is you've been fishing in shallow waters. There are economic uncertainty in your industry, but they can be solved at a different depth. Oh, somebody shout. How many are ready for a different depth or with the Lord? Let me tell you something. Tell your neighbor's neighbor. Don't give up. Just go deeper. There's a depth where your problems get solved. Now, I want everybody to stand up right now. Everybody, everybody stand up everywhere. Listen to me. There is a level 
God is going to, come on somebody, amen. That means, Pastor Taz, that in difficult times, amen, you don't quit the things you ought to be doing. Come on somebody. Whatever you are doing, whatever kingdom principles you are obeying in peaceful times, you keep doing it in difficult times. Why? Because that's how you keep digging. That's how you keep what? Digging. Soon enough, you're going to hit the depth. You're going to hit what? A level of depth where your problem, where the depth you have touched in God overwhelms the crisis in your life. There's always a depth. There's always a spiritual depth that swallows your problems. You just have to find it. When I was in South Africa, right there in Pretoria, God spoke to me and he said to me, Francis, out of this nation, I will take you to the nation of your country, the country of your ultimate apostolic assignment, the United States of America. For you shall be an apostle to America in the days to come. But South Africa is your springboard. He says, stay here. Labor here until, I, until the time comes. So I began to obey the Lord and we arranged a big crusade, huge crusade in my melody. Kasoemro churches getting together. The crusade was at three weeks to go. I mean, flowers were everywhere. We are hearing it. People are praying. During the same time, my attorney, I had an attorney who was representing me with the South African immigration system because I wanted to be legal, Pastor Tommy, to operate in the nation. I wanted to do it legally. So I was in the legal system trying to get my paperwork. Then I got heat. Trying to teach weapons. Bam! I got heat. My an African, a friend of mine by the name of Dries Kemp, comes to me with a sad looking face. I said, This, what, what's up? Is anything wrong? He said, ah, I don't know, man. He said, Give me the and I saw the logo of the government of South Africa. When governments write to you, it's can be very threatening and they said to me here's what the letter said the immigration system the immigration the community brother have reviewed your application and you have been duly denied and the police of Pretoria dun, 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 have been instructed to remove you physically if you do not leave willingly in 14 days they are going to appear at this time at this time to drive you to the belt bridge My heart sank. <gasps> They'll drive me back to Zambia, back to Belt Bridge. Live in Zimbabwe, and then Zimbabwe will drive me back to the Zambezi. <laughs> I was in crisis. I was in a difficult time. So I started crying. I said, "Okay, Bruce, I, I hear you. Let me let me with the letter. I look at the letter. The more I looked at it, the more I became bewitched. That's why I don't read bad letters too long." There's a thing called witchcraft by letter. Then after I stopped crying, I said, God, look at this. And God says, I see it. So, so, look at this. And the Lord said to me, what did I tell you? And I, I, I told him what he told him. And he said, then why are you afraid? And then he told me, he said, here's what you want to do. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said to me, go and fast, go on an Esther fast. No water, no food. For three days. That's what he said. What about this letter? Just go. What God? I had no idea God was teaching me a principle. This problem has been created at this level. 
we cannot talk about this problem at this level come further there's a depth where your difficulty becomes wealth transfer so for three days I told Dries I said Dries nobody calls me I'm going to lock myself and for three days I did what Africans can do we can pray I locked myself for three days, no water, nothing, no food. And I prayed 10 hours, 12 hours, 11 hours. I said, God, you said I'm grown. Then I hear a knock, a knock on the third day from Dries. He said, Kaka. So finally I go, it's Dries. Okay. One thing I like about having, having white people is when white people like, when white people are happy, you know it. When they're angry, you also know it because their face is an amazing phenomenon. Black people, we are so blessed. We can blush and nobody knows you're blushing. So Dries knocks and he says, oh, Dr. Mouse. I said, what? He says, he says, oh, brother. He hugs me. He speaks in Afrikaans. I said, Dries, I don't speak Afrikaans. He was so happy. He said, oh, my brother, something happened. I said, what happened? He said, because I knew we had nothing to lose. This morning, which was the third day of my Esther fast, I woke up with a crazy idea. Since we've tried everything, why don't I make one final call? But this time, I call the minister of home affairs himself. I call the person over immigration, the chief immigration, oh sorry, the chief, the number one who controlled, said, I call him, this guy, now watch this. So somehow... Because you, he, he, what, I, I don't know what he did, but he found the number, the direct nine to his office. And Dries gets on the call and he calls an African man I would, I've never met, but I've never forget his name, Mr. Nico Kruger. And Mr. Nico Kruger picks up the phone. And by the way, maybe what I'm saying this, the ashes can get ready to begin to, because we're going to be doing communion. Maybe what, what Pastor Taz, can we begin to, the pastors and you you know how we do we want to first because what I'm talking I want to start saving what we need to do because we are we are flowing into our tithes and offering moment right now okay amen so you can give the offering if you need if you, offering envelopes can be given out whatever needs whatever happens when pastor Tom is here during giving time you do it what I tell my story amen you can still receive the offering and still hear with your ears amen so, Dries came. Dries. He said, when he called, Mr. Nico Kruger himself picks up the phone and they begin to speak in Africans. And Dries begins to tell him about the miracles that were happening with this black evangelist from, Af from Zambia who was about to be expelled now in seven days by police power. He said, we got to... So Mr. Nico Kruger says, no, Dries, this is amazing. He said, in... He says, I do... He said, it's been many, many years since I ever answered my phone in the office. Says because I have a very faithful secretary, she never miss work. 
she always answers the call and then she patches into my office. He says, Dries, something strange happened today. So Dries says, what happened? He says, my faithful secretary got diarrhea on her way to work. He said, she called me, she said, I, she said, it, it began from no, God gave her diarrhea to protect an African man who had found a different depth. She got diarrhea on her way to work. And you know what Mr. Kruger said? He said, Dries, I'm a Dutch reformed man. I believe we were meant to talk about this man. That's why I answered the call. He said, Dries, here's what I'm going to do. I never deal with visas. I'm the policymaker. But I'll make an exception. I'll make an exception. He says, Dries, reapply. But this time, when you bring the paper to the immigration office in Pretoria, put, seal it, the whole application, seal it. And then put at the top in big letters for the attention of Mr. Nico Kruger, only private and confidential. So I Dries says, we gotta do it. I said, brother, following day, we were in Pretoria with a sealed letter. And in two days, I had my legal papers to live in South Africa. What am I trying to say? This is not the time to pull back. This is the time to dig deeper. Because the, because the problems have hit you at that level. They will be solved at a different depth. Because if, if all God does is give you money, but it doesn't make you deeper, he's lost out. Because God out doesn't want money, he wants you. He wants you working with him at a deeper level than the last year. And if the difficult times help God bring you closer, he will use the difficult time to bring you closer. But there's a level where your problems get saved, where your financial trouble becomes financial transfer. There is a level. Are you ready for it? As we get ready to give our tithes and offering, I want to say this. I left this. One of the wealth transfers happened in Abraham's day through Melchizedek. It happened at a time of war, Genesis 14. There was tremendous regional conflict and nine nations began, began to go to fight. And every time nations fight, there's always collateral damage. So Lot and his family get caught up in the rampage. So Abraham is affected by the regional conflict. It's a difficult time. And yet he doesn't know that God is using the difficult time to bring Abraham into a time of wealth transfer because Abraham ends up inheriting the wealth of nine nations. It is during this difficult time that the principle of tithing is introduced to Abraham. Tithing was introduced in the middle of a wealth transfer in difficult times. Which lets me know that tithing is one of the ways, is one of the principles God uses to maintain, accelerate the process of wealth transfer. You see, the principle of the tithe doesn't change because of the difficult times. Now, how you feel about it might change, 
but your feelings are not principle. Your feeling is not a principle. That's why it's got a feeling. I give you Nando's, you feel differently. But principles, tithing is a principle. It's a principle that was introduced in a time of war. Some say we're in a time of war. We are fighting for our families. We are fighting for our very survival. We are fighting for the survival of Zimbabwe. Come on, somebody. And our tithe is part, of, is part and parcel of how we do the fight. Somebody give God a shout. So we're going to give to God. We're gonna, that's, I, 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 as a matter of fact, can I submit to you? This is, this is amazing. We're about to have communion. Woo. But can, can I tell you something about communion? That communion was, so, was also introduced to us in a time of war. Is it amazing that communion in the New Testament and in the Old was both introduced in a time of war? When did Jesus have communion with the disciples? When everything turned against him. On the day he was betrayed, when every hell broke loose, Jesus knew how to navigate the time of war through communion. So we're going to give our tithe and our communion, which were both born in a time of war. But when the war was over, power changed the hands from the wicked to the righteous. Somebody say, power is changing hands from the wicked to the righteous. Turn to us and say, neighbor, when the Lord is finished with, when the Lord is, is finished with the season of turbulence, we the righteous will be controlling our nation. Power is changing hands. So we are going to, can I, can I get served as well? Is there anything for the preacher? Oh, it's there. Thank you. Are you ready? Wow. Do you feel God? Do you feel hope rising in your spirit? Oh, now check this out as we have this. But I told me, the Lord said to me this morning, he said to me, Francis, there's another world transfer, the greatest of them all that you know what you're talking about. I said, God, what's that? Says the greatest world transfer in history happened on the road called Via Dorosa. As the Lord bled all the way to Calvary, that through his poverty we might become rich. On the cross, we experience Pastor Taz, the greatest wealth transfer because what can be more wealthy than a sinner becoming a saint? What can be more wealthy than a lost soul becoming a child of God? That world transfer took place in difficult times. The times the transfer took place was so difficult, the women were crying for the deliverer. 
the deliverer stopped and said, he was, he was, I mean, I love Jesus. He was man enough in his suffering to stop and say, don't cry for me. I don't need crying. You don't know what's going on. When this is over, Lucifer is going to wish he never touched me. When this is over, power is changing hands. The sinner will become the citizen. Let's partake of this as we do and just enjoy our God. As we give today, we give with that understanding. So the Bible tells us that on the night on which Yeshua HaMashiach was betrayed, on that night, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks. This is my body that has been broken for you. So if you are sick today, we don't have a healing line. We don't need it because we're going to get healed right now in the communion. We declare it in Jesus' mighty name. So we rebuke every cancer. We rebuke every disease. We rebuke every, every infirmity right now. As you partake of the bread, healing is going to hit you in Jesus' mighty name. When supper was ended, the Bible says he took of the cup. It says the cup of the new covenant in my blood. The blood that has been shed for the, for the forgiveness of the sins of many. Maybe you feel dirty. Maybe you are here for the first time at Celebration Church. You don't know Jesus. Let me tell you something. Sinners can always become saints through the blood of Jesus. So just say this, everybody. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus into my heart. I know I'm a sinner, but Jesus died for me. So Lord, before I partake of the communion, I just want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've come into my heart. Let's partake of the body and the blood of Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.